Welcome in, everyone. We are back with the WMUA Sports Podcast. Season is starting. Football is coming up. UMass women's soccer has already started, so UMass sports are officially back. And we're here for some offensive breakdown for the football team here at UMass. Very important year for the Don Brown group as they need to see progress, right? And what better side of the ball to see progress in than the offensive side? You know, this this is uh, this has been quite controversial in terms of how good they've been in the past and, and to see no improvement has been rough. But some people are very optimistic and we're going to go through the position groups one by one to see how much better could they be and what do we think of each position, especially the quarterbacks, as that's what we're going to start with. But first of all, how is everyone doing? How are your summers going as it comes to an end? And uh, yeah, how how is everyone doing today? Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been great so far. I mean, just worked worked in baseball all summer, kind of turning into football now. Was able to get to a UMass practice the other day, so uh, really excited for week zero. Can't really it really can't come soon enough. Yeah, can't wait for football season to be back. We got some games on, some practices for college, and then college sports starting up Thursday. Always awesome to see. Yeah, I'm looking forward to being back just like you guys. Uh, it's not the same not seeing you guys in person in, in the radio station, but Zoom will suffice. And we got a big year for the UMass Minutemen. Yes, we do. And uh, as I can't expect you all to recognize our voices, I am Pedro Gray Suarez. I'll be your host today. And in order of who just talked, that was Josh Reiber and Chris Vogel and Jacob Repper. We are going to be uh, among uh two other WMA members who are not here today, but we will be providing some coverage for UMass football throughout the semester and, and throughout the year. So why don't we get into the offensive breakdown episode, starting with how much improved do you think this unit is? And are they going to go from losing this team games to actually being able to clinching them? And, you know, where does this start for you guys? So Josh, any general thoughts on the offense heading into the season? Yeah, I mean, to be completely honest, I mean, they need they certainly need to get better than last year. They really struggled to move the ball. They were among the worst teams in the country when it came to passing offense and uh we're we're going to get into quarterback soon, but that their new addition should help them. I think that yeah, obviously they need to improve and it should be the biggest difference maker. This is a team that only scored 12 and a half points per game last year. And then they also struggled to move the ball on the ground as well through the air. Despite yeah. having Ellis Merriweather, who's now with the New Orleans Saints, they only averaged three and a, just under three and a half yards per carry. So you need to control the ground more, especially in the trenches. They need to be more consistent so they can control the ball, take some pressure off that defense, and stay in games longer. Yeah, well, the good thing for UMass is the defense is very they – they've had a great spring. We've seen that, and I think that leads us to – to believe that the offense, if they step up, like you said, Pedro, it could be a promising year for them. The offense has to get better through the air, which brings us into the quarterback question. I know we've all been wanting to, to break that down. So let's get into that. Uh, going over uh, somewhat of a depth chart for the for the quarterback position, we have Tyson Pomachan, Carlos Davis, Brady Olson, Ahmad Haston, and uh, the new freshman, Connor Whitson, who we don't expect to provide much in terms of production, but 
for the four for the first four names that we got uh we went over just now who do we think will start first game of the season and what are their general skill sets and what do they provide for this team josh yeah i mean first and foremost it's i think it is kind of solidified into more of a two-man battle between Tyson Fomachon and Carlos Davis. Obviously, we'd expect Coach Don Brown to announce a starter coming up soon, but I mean, I, I think right now Tyson Fomachon probably has the slight advantage just because of he's more experienced at the Division One FBS level, whereas Carlos Davis playing for Eastern Carolina, an FCS school, um, not quite with the same experience, but I will say Carlos Davis is, I think, is making this battle a little bit closer than at least I thought it would be, and closer than maybe even UMass thought it would be, just because of how comfortable. Specifically, yesterday he had a great day in practice. Yesterday, how comfortable he looked in the offense, where you know Steve Casula is really designing an offense that fits his quarterback skill sets now. You know don't want to harp on Brady Olson last year because I really think he has the capabilities to be a very solid division one quarterback. It just the system last year was not a match. And I think that guys like Fomachon guys like Davis are better fit and even Haston when he gets some more experience on his belt. But I, I do think Fomachon has a slight lead. So Josh, you did a breakdown, a film breakdown episode for these quarterbacks. And I wanted to ask you, what did you see individually from both Pomachan and Davis, starting with Pomachan, a 6'4", 215-pounds quarterback, redshirt junior, uh, transfer, one of the highest profile names that UMass has gotten as a transfer this season. What did you see from him? Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a raw talent. Uh, and it's hard to get a really good gauge on – his quarterback play from, you know, practice film, mostly a little bit of game film, but he certainly has all of the tools you would want. He has a strong arm. He has, I mean, he can run as well as probably any quarterback that they have in the room. And just from a sense of his poise in the pocket, I think that's where he can improve the most on and maybe with the accuracy a little bit, but he certainly has the tools and he's shown flashes with specifically in the Clemson film and Georgia tech a little bit where he was showing that he can make some of these throws. It's just a matter of giving him an actual chance. So, that's with Fomachon, very talented at throwing outside of the numbers. That's the main thing that stuck with me is that, you know, he doesn't have the strongest of arms. He's not going to have the, a stronger arm than, let's say, a Tyson Fomachon or even maybe an Ahmad Haston. But he can push the ball down the field fairly accurately, can throw to the sideline accurately. It's just kind of a matter of uh, throwing those slant routes and being able to lead his receivers. So in terms of a, quarter, a quarterback competition, the possibility of rotation is something that uh, I think is a big question mark in terms of this position group going into the season. And Chris, I wanted to ask you, what do you think are the pros and cons if Don Brown decides to go for a quarterback rotation instead of sticking with a quarterback through thick and thin throughout the, the entire season? Well, we saw last year they struggled with that rotation, but I think that was also a large part. You had quarterbacks with such a different skill set that it didn't make sense to be rotating them in and out. That said, I still would ideally like them to – 
pick a starter and basically stick with him until he loses the job, essentially. So I think whoever you start, get them at least through that Eastern Michigan game, see where you are four games in. Because if you're if your team doesn't know who's playing quarterback until Thursday night, it's very t- and very hard to prepare when you're splitting those first team reps all week. So Jacob, uh, as a comparison to last year, how much better do you think this quarterback room could be? How much do I, do I think it is, or or it could be? How much better do you think it could be? We haven't seen them play yet, but how much better do you think this could be compared to the previous one from last year? Gotcha. Well, I watched a good amount of football from last year, and we saw Brady Olson come in. We saw – I think there was as many as five different quarterbacks in that QB room. We saw Zamar Wise a little bit. We saw Gino Campiotti. I think the big thing and, – and, Chris, you said it before. I think the big thing for this football room is continuity. And the big thing with that is they have to have one quarterback in there most of the time. We talked about the quarterback battle, but when you look at the ceiling of all four of these guys, we've, we've seen Don Brown say before, Ahmad Haston could be the future for them, right? Maybe not this year. He might be a redshirt guy, but looking down the road, Haston's going to be a very versatile quarterback. He threw for, I think it was almost 7,000 yards over his career in high school. He's very versatile. Also, a lot of people forgetting about Brady Olson. People kind of just throw him off to the side. This is a quarterback that has the most experience in the quarterback room. Does that mean he's going to overshoot Carlos Davis or Tyson Pumachan? I'm not sure. But if the wheels start coming off the wagon a little bit in the UMass season, I expect to see Brady go in there. Nevertheless, this is a quarterback room that has infinite talent and possibilities. It all comes down to what the second-year offensive coordinator Coach Kasula wants to do with it. You mentioned the experience part. I think that also could play into uh, Carlos Davis coming in that QB competition. Obviously not at UMass at experience, but he's played a decent amount the last two years. He looked pretty good in the six games he played last year, 1,800 yards, 16 touchdowns. Also moved the ball well on the ground. So I think that's someone that you brought in where the other quarterback in that competition – Obviously went to a bigger school. When he was at Clemson, he wasn't playing. I don't believe he played much last year. So he's more I think I think he is someone that I'd rather stay away from as my starting quarterback. I want the experience in there. But be interested to see how they handle a guy that's probably got the better physical tools versus somebody who's played at the college level. Yeah, Chris, yeah. I totally agree with that. Two games last year, right? Not much experience. And and Pedro, you said it before. Pumachan, six foot four though. So he's got the great size, and we saw him run all spring. It's going to be a battle. It is. No, and I completely agree with Chris there in a way because for a team that you have such a good defense and you only need the offense to pull along and to you know stick stick around in games and not necessarily blow the games uh, open for the other team, you don't necessarily need an explosive quarterback that's going to give you the big plays. You just need a quarterback that's going to get you in uh, in, in favorable positions and not lose you games. And I think Carlos Davis is someone who strikes me as a more reliable quarterback option in that way with his experience. And, and he's he has, a, I would say, a more complete game than any other quarterback in that roster in terms of being able to throw long, throw short, manage the game, run the ball. He's very complete in that way. So I expect to see um, Carlos Davis and Ponchon better battle it out. But if I were to choose... Uh, for week one, I would probably go with Carlos Davis. But we've spent enough time on the quarterback uh, competition so far. And why don't we get into the wide receivers? 
and starting with uh, a little bit of the strengths of this position group, I would say uh, the depth is looking okay. It's looking better than last year and especially the improved speed that they brought and the talent. Uh, there's a lot of weaknesses that we can get over, but uh, Josh, what do you think of the receiver group that they got together? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an improved group. I mean, I talked to Coach Coach Z after practice, the wide receivers coach yesterday, and he was kind of just raving about specifically guys like George Johnson who were here last year and have just improved so much. And he talked about the work ethic of him, of Anthony Simpson, who's more of a uh, more of a threat down the field. And he was talking about just how excited he was that now they have the quarterbacks that can really push the ball down the field and actually, you know, get the defenses so they're not just focusing on one dimension of UMass's game. Because the past two years, it's just been run, run, run. And, you know, sometimes it works at the beginning of the games, but once defenses adjust, it's game. it's been game over for UMass. So now with the improved quarterback play, hopefully they're able to push the ball down the field and we're able to actually see these wide receivers showcase what they're capable of. Because I really think that a guy like George Johnson could be an elite level wide receiver where he has the speed, he has the hands, he has the contested catch ability um, that, you know, he can lead this wide receiver room and he's such a great example for the rest of the room as well. Chris, in terms of, we obviously Josh talked about George Johnson, the standout player from this room, but is there anyone else that you see or more than maybe one player, but anyone else that you see standing out and being able to provide for this offense? Yeah. If you want to look, all the way down this depth chart, someone that I think could potentially contribute that a lot of people are kind of running off right now. Look at the Stony Brook transfer, Sean Harris Jr. He gave UMass trouble in the game they played last year. Three catches for about 70 yards. Uh, this is a guy that's kind of a burner. It's been a high yard per reception guy for the past uh, two years. Caught 26 balls for 431 in a touchdown last year and almost 600 yards the previous season. I think he's another one that if you want some experience in that offense, you want a guy that's played at the division one level. And I think he's a potential X factor. If you get this kid on the field and get him some targets. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Chris. I mean, Sean Harris Jr., a guy that will be playing out of the slot. Um, and that was another thing Coach Z mentioned yesterday with the slot receivers. They like to move them around, put them in motion, have them start in the backfield and we're gonna see some crazy things with sean harris who caught an 80 yard touchdown pass yesterday from ahmad haston after burning the de the defense so i think he's a guy that i'd look out for to be kind of like i don't want to say just a gadget guy because he's gonna do more than that but um i'd expect a little bit of trickery with him maybe handing him the ball off in the backfield off of end end arounds or um screen passes so like stuff like that with him ty harding uh, and I, guys like Isaac Ross as well. Those are the guys that are kind of going to be those X factors where you're going to be able to get them the ball in open space and hopefully have some speed on the perimeter. So, Jacob, what do you think of this receiver group in terms of a unit? What is it that they're lacking and what is it that they can provide uh, in terms of uh, strengths for this offense? That's a loaded question, Pedro, but I love it. I think this is a wide receiver group that is definitely improved from last year. You guys mentioned mentioned George Johnson. He's a dynamic player. 28 receptions last season in 2022. 402 receiving yards led the team in receiving yards. But I think the big thing when you look at the wide receiver room 
is like Chris said, like Josh said, it's not just the one wide receiver. It's depth all the way throughout the board. And I think they definitely have that, especially when you couple that with some of the tight ends. As far as predictions go and what I think their strengths and weaknesses are, uh, I think when you look at UMass's wide receiver room and compare them to other schools, they're definitely a little bit on the shorter sides, right? Maybe not so much that they don't have the size, they're smaller slot guys, but that can also be used to your advantage when you have quarterbacks and can really sling the rock pretty well, which is why I think Coach Casula is going to run a very quick offense, a lot of guys in the slot, some trickery, like Josh said. I know he loves the, the reverses and some crazy passes and plays. So this is a, a pretty – it's an upgraded wide receiver room, especially with the, the four-star transfer and prospect Mark Pope. There could be some damage done in this wide receiver group. So I, that's actually a great point I wanted to bring up too is the size, which I think is the biggest weakness of the group in general, is the size and the lack of a true X receiver, which – in this team, there are three receivers over six foot tall. And one of them is George Johnson, who is six foot tall. We've mentioned him. The other one is Mark Pope, who is another incredible, probably if you talk about high school recruits, probably the most talented receiver or the most talented player in this roster as a high four-star committed to Miami once upon a time, passed through Jackson State and whatnot. If he can get on the field and stay out of trouble, I think he could be incredibly talented. But he's also just six foot. So even as an outside receiver, he might be a little bit undersized. And then they have Zamar Wise, who is six foot two, but he's a quarterback, uh, former quarterback player that you know transitioned into wide receiver. Is size going to be a problem for this team? Maybe. And the outside, they also have another player coming in, Christian Wells, who is six foot one, and I think a lot of people are excited about how he can contribute. So yeah, what do you have to? Do you have any comments, Chris? Yeah, for that, I think it's similar. You talk a lot about when you have an undersized quarterback that's to get out of the pocket. I think it's the same thing for these this receiving group. You don't have guys that are going to win that true jump ball, so you need to find a way to get open. I think it pairs well with the type of quarterback you have. If these quarterbacks can extend plays, the smaller, faster receivers you must have might give them that advantage. You know, find a hole, broken down play, just find a guy downfield, opposed to, yeah, we're going to run a go route, throw a 30-yard jump ball in the end zone, see what happens, because UMass is not going to be winning those jump balls. But an extended play that's going six, seven seconds, quarterback rolls out, you might have a guy find his way to get open and make a play somehow. Yeah, I have so to say, maybe, sorry, Pedro, but maybe I'm a little bit too high on George Johnson, but I, I do think that in terms of contested catches, he's among the best that there is. I, I really, really liked what I saw in some of the film we watched or some of the film I watched from not just last year, but also in the spring game. He made some incredible contested catches. And keep in mind, you're not going to face a ton of corners that are necessarily 6'3", 6'4". I mean, they're mostly going to be around like the 5'11 to 6'1 range where, you know, George Johnson, sure, he's not a he's not a tall receiver. And Chris, I understand what you're saying there with like, you know, you're not going to get a guy like a 6'4 guy, like say a Cam Sullivan Brown that UMass had last year. But I do think that they have some guys that are good contested catches. But with that being said, it's going to be an offense focused on yards after catch. The other thing with that is you got to figure teams are going to be throwing their number one corner off and True. probably one of their bigger corners too, if they have one. So he's he might be someone that gets limited more by game plan than by, by his ability. Yeah, no, if that ball is getting anywhere near George Johnson and he gets, if he can get a hand on it, he's coming down with that. So definitely one of his strengths and something that the, that UMass really needs in general. So they'll be glad that he can provide that. 
And I will say, though, another weakness from this uh, wide receiver group, and I'll call that an indirect weakness because, you know, it might be kind of funny, but I think blocking and offensive line play is something that could limit them quite a bit in terms of, you know, obviously not having enough time to get open and not having uh, a lot of opportunities for routes to to develop. And that brings me to you, Chris, our offensive line expert for today. What do you think of this group coming into this year? what were your general thoughts? So I'll start with our projected starters. Uh, a lot of experience coming back, which is always good to see. Uh, I think we got some depth too, which I'll get to later. But just quick, the starting I've seen reported uh, could obviously change. Connor Vasher at left tackle, Cole Garcia playing left guard, Josh Atwood at center, Ethan Monger right guard, Johnny Hassard right tackle. Uh, that's everyone that's been here been in college for at least four years. They're all redshirt seniors, redshirt juniors. Uh, I think you've got about, what is that? I'm doing the math quick. Uh, over 100 games. You've got uh, 111 games, 108 games started at on the offensive line between those five. On the right side, Monger and Hassard have both been, been starters two years, both played 23 or 24 games. Uh, and then... Atwood's, I think, someone that's going to be an X factor this year. That's a kid that just started playing offensive or played center the last two years. It's his third year. He's a defensive lineman recruit. So a guy that's getting more comfortable with the position, position, 24 starts under his belt and continuing to improve, as well as Cole Garcia and Ethan Monger next to him. The pair of guards have uh, been high-level high level contributors. Uh, Garcia coming from Rice. Monger is a recruit here. It's going to be his third year starting. He's someone that's expected a leadership role on this team. Uh, just solid offensive line up the middle. The tackles are a little bit of a question, especially Bashers, a little bit short for a tackle at just 6'3". But, of course, we'll see who plays out those five stick or there's some replacements. In terms of the run game, Josh, what do you think this O-line can contribute and how important is that for this team? Oh, I mean, it's huge. I, I do think the run game is probably the most important for the O-line to be good with just because, you know, there are adjustments you can make in the passing game where, you know, you can get the quarterback out of the pocket. You can get the quarterback to uh, get some quick passes so the O-line doesn't have to pass protect for that long. But in terms of the run game, they've got to be able to open up some holes because, this is a UMass team that has a pretty deep running back room, and they they have guys that have proven themselves, whether it's Kron Adams, Tim Baldwin, Greg DeWozier, uh Jackson Paradis coming in. But, uh, th- I mean, the list is endless, really, with these running backs. But if they can provide some holes for the running backs to work and they can average, you know, around 100 yards um, in their rushing game per week, I mean, that's kind of their recipe for success. Right. So, uh, Jacob, one last question about this group, because we're running out of time a little bit. Um, what are uh, what is the importance, excuse me, of depth? And, you know, do you think this group has that to provide? Yeah, for sure. Depth is a huge thing, right? Somebody gets banged up, especially offensive line. It's a position that takes a lot of hits, a lot of bruises, and it's a long season, right? So you want depth, and that's something that Coach Brown has prioritized in the transfer portal, which – He's talked about getting older and more experienced. I saw a few quotes from Don Brown that a big thing with him was in the previous recruiting cycles that too many young guys that weren't as experienced. He did that this past year. 
And having great depth like that, having more experienced guys, that's going to lead to a better team camaraderie and a lot of better rushing opportunities for the UMass offense, especially a team that loves the smash mouth offense. I think it could be a very good year for the run game and, and for the offensive line, which is a position that they definitely need to improve in. You want the guys right. to be the – sorry. No, no, you yeah. got it. Go ahead. The guys going to be the future of this uh, offensive line back in that rushing attack, true freshman Zachary Anderson. Kid comes in, probably one of the stronger kids on this team already. Serena on him back in high school, he shattered his school's deadlifting record. 645, smart kid that can control that offensive line. Uh, I think him and Mar- Marcellus Anderson believe they're unrelated. Those two will be your guys off the bench that I think will crack this lineup and be contributing. Anderson, one of the best div- Division II linemen last year at, Sa- at Saginaw Valley. So it'll be interesting to see those two both. I think those will help the run game immensely. So uh, let's just quickly mention the tight ends. We don't have enough time to to go over the entire position group. And I think this is a, has always been a very underutilized group in this offense. They have barely got, uh, I want to say, over 200, maybe 300 combined yards last year. So not a lot of volume. And they lost their best player, Josiah Johnson, to the transfer portal. I believe he went to Oklahoma State. So uh, a big, big uh, spot for him to be at. But, you know, in terms of players that they got going on, Eni Falai is a, an incredible athlete and a huge, huge player. He's 6'5", 240, and he's young, too, redshirt sophomore. He's got a lot of potential in that in that group, so hopefully they find a way to utilize him. And then, uh, Josh, do you want to talk about Gino Campiotti and what you've seen from him as he makes his transition from quarterback to tight end? Yeah, I mean, in practices, he's checked at least most of the boxes. He is an all-out effort type of guy, and that's what the coaching staff will tell you, is that they're very impressed um, with you know the weight he's put on, uh, his improvement in the blocking game, um, and really just running down the field as a receiving tight end. He has plus speed for a tight end for sure. I mean, he may not be the biggest guy, and specifically when you compare him to a guy like Eni Falai, he is almost dwarfed by Falai, but that's only because Falai is about six foot six. So um, I am excited to see what Campiotti can do. I'm a little bit, I'm not too sure how much they're going to use him at least early on. He certainly will be a guy on special teams, uh, maybe as whether it's like a gunner or something like that. But um, I think him and Falai are a very interesting duo where you, you've got the size with Falai in a red zone threat. Um, and Campiotti's more of a yards after catch guy. So I do think they're going to utilize Campiotti. And there are plenty of, you know, tight ends that we see, you know, even in the NFL who were quarterbacks at one point. You look at Logan Thomas for the Washington Commanders, who was a quarterback in college, ended up switching to tight end and is now very successful. So um, Campiotti certainly has the athleticism, as we saw last year. It's just a matter of putting it all together. So. We have only a minute or two left here to go over the running backs. And I believe this is probably the deepest position group that they have in this offense, right? With one, two, three, maybe, maybe five contributors that you have that you could maybe use in a committee approach. And even with Ellis Merriweather departing the team, I think this could be a strength for the offense. So Chris, what do you think of the running back room and their diversity of skill sets? Yeah, obviously a, Big loss with Merriweather, but I think that kind of opens up some possibilities. He wasn't really an explosive running back there, 
where he was more your consistent short yards. I'm going to get you four yards, five yards. So I think you're going to have a little bit of change, probably more rotation. Uh, and then we'll see how that plays out. I think uh, you got someone that caught my eye was Kieran Lynch Adams. He's a running back junior transfer. Uh, well, transferred a couple years ago. But I think he's someone that if he gets on the field, he struggled in limited playing time. But he's only 5'10". He's one of the faster backs this team has. So he's, I think, someone that you can get out there. If you can get in space, you can make a guy miss and you know see what happens, see if he can be someone that cracks it. Or if you go down the jet, down the depth chart, someone like Greg DeRozier's or Jalen Jones. Yeah, Jalen Jones. Jacob, uh, you've been watching MS football for just a little uh, over a year now, if that's correct. I don't know if that would be. But you were very present in spring practices with me and Josh, too. And there was a couple of running backs that were standing out, period. And who do you think is going to be able to contribute in the explosive play uh, department? Well, Pedro, I, I think we fawned over this guy a lot. And I think it's Greg DeWozier, incredible player. I think that's who you would say as well. And he's also talked about putting on size and speed this past offseason. Coach Brown's asked him to get a little bit bigger, put on some muscle. He's definitely done that from what I heard. And this is a guy, you can use him in the run game. You can use him in the passing game. He's a dynamic player. And I really, really looking forward to DeWozier. I think he's my number one pick at running back. So, Josh, uh, I wanted to ask you, because I was surprised at least with how much we saw Jackson Paradis play in the spring game. I was not expecting him to be playing such a large role. Do you think that will continue into the season too? Uh, or do you think we're going to see him just splitting the carries uh, as much as anyone else? Um, to be honest, I don't think he's going to have a huge role, at least to start the year. I think that it's really going to be a battle between mostly Kron Adams, Gregory DeWozier, and uh, probably Tim Baldwin, maybe a little bit of Jalen John. But I think they're kind of just going to feed the hot hand. You know, running back is a position where you don't want to overwork guys. We saw that a little bit with Ellis Merriweather the past two years. And as great as he was... Um, when you work a guy as such a workhorse as he was specifically two years ago, it kind of wears on you. And as the season went on, he kind of lost a little bit of explosiveness. Um, and they definitely don't want that to happen again, especially with most of the guys in the running back room being a little bit more undersized than Merriweather was. So I, I think they are going to keep guys fresh, maybe even use guys um, in a little bit of a receiver role. I think, DeWozier is the biggest candidate for that, obviously also on punt and kick returns as well. So they're, they're definitely going to get creative with how they use their running backs. I don't know if Paradis are, is going to really get that opportunity early on. He is just a redshirt freshman, so we'll, we'll see. But I think they will probably lean on guys like Adams and Baldwin who have been on this team before. I agree. I 100% agree. So... You know, we've run out of time here on this on this first episode, the offensive breakdown for UMass football. They're going to have uh, we are, we're going to have another two or three episodes potentially coming in for you before the week zero opener at New Mexico State. Uh, but you've you've listened to the offensive breakdown just now, and I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in to the WMUA Sports Podcast. I'm Pedro Gray Suarez, alongside Josh Reiber, Jacob Repper, and Chris Vogel. And we'll be back soon with some more UMass content.